This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Dips inside and hits. Oh, what a, what a goal! Right, that is from Ross Wallace. Chris Waddle, is he going to have a crack? Oh, he does, he scores! Anything Paul Gascoigne can do, Chris Waddle can do. One by Stephen Fletcher, back towards Adam Rich! You're listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hello and welcome to the Oppo's View. This is where we get to know our opponents just that little bit more than we already do. Although, saying that, this will be the fourth meeting between the two sides already this season. Uh, we take on Plymouth Argyle at home on Saturday and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Chris Errington from Plymouth Live. Chris, how are you, mate? You all right? I'm very good, thank you, James. Yes, I shall try and provide some insight into you um, about Argyle that you don't already know from the previous three meetings this season. Yeah, well, obviously, just before we start recording, you told me this is your what twenty fifth season covering Plymouth, so I'd like to think you'd know a little bit about him. To be fair, yeah, yeah, no, I've I've covered them uh, for this is the twenty fifth season, as you as you rightly say. Um, lots of ups and downs, you know. Argyle are, are one of those clubs that um, you know get under your skin. I'm not local to Devon, so um, I come from Kent originally. Um, and Plymouth Argyle are just one of those clubs that if they could ever get it right on the pitch. They, they could do so much. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, to coming up to Hillsborough. I've done well over there over the years. Um, you yeah, know, I've had have, some yeah. good results going back, you know, when Paul Stoke was the Argyle manager before he ended up at, um, at Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah, always a great place to come. Looking forward to the game and, um, yeah, be interesting but, to see how it turns out. I was just going to ask you, are you, uh, are you making the, trip, the, the long, what is it, nine-hour round trip up to Sheffield then at the weekend? Yes, yes, I shall. Um, I shall probably come up on the Friday. In all honesty, because um, yeah. it's a long day out. Otherwise, um, driving up and, and then covering the game and, and driving back. But you know, it's always nice to go to somewhere like Hillsborough. Um, it just reminded me with the FA first round tie. You know, when you you come in through the main reception and you see the setup there, it is fantastic. And I'm sure Sheffield Wednesday fans must sort of sometimes think, oh, I wish. People like me didn't say what a fantastic stadium it is. And, uh, you know, it's a great um, 
it's a really great thing for the opposition to look forward to. And that must be one thing that maybe causes Sheffield Wednesday problems. You know, they're, they're a massive club in League One, aren't they? And if you're Plymouth Argyle or you're pretty much anyone in League One, when you go to Hillsborough, it, it's a big game. It's one of your biggest games of the season. And it must be difficult at times for Wednesday to try and overcome teams who are really fired up. Some of them have probably, in, in, have probably been in the same boat as well, haven't they, the last few years? And yeah, maybe you know, I mean, that I explains why they've struggled to, to get out of League One. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. We try not to use that phrase too often, but you know, that cup final and, and what yeah. have you. It is, it is a little bit like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, when teams come and, uh, I mean, that's I, I suppose as the season's panned out a little bit, you know, teams know that, that we're not there for the taking, but they can probably get some out of us. But certainly the, the early part of the season, yeah, teams are coming and uh, shutting up shop and making it very difficult for us, which uh, we, you know found it found it hard to break down. But I mean, just obviously just on the the long trip, I, I can remember when I was younger. Um, I think we played Plymouth in it a midweek game um, must, must have been around this time of the year because you know, my, my auntie went she, goes, she went home and away travelled all the way down on the coach got there late pitch inspection called off <laughs> absolute nightmare literally just got to the ground as well and yeah. then uh, yeah turn around off you off you go which uh, that were that must have not been uh, very fun. Anyway, let, less of that. Let's get on to the main part of the show. <laughs> yes. um, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll we'll talk about last season and how that panned out, etc. In a second. But first of all, uh, obviously, quite a lot's changed since we last played you just before Christmas. Obviously, you were top of the league at the time. You had uh, Ryan Lowe as your manager. Now you find yourself sixth, and uh, and obviously with a different manager. Like, just want to start off by you know, asking what, what were your and the fans' feelings towards Ryan Lowe? Obviously, he's, he's left and gone to Preston after two and a half years at, at Plymouth. Um, what were your like, initial thoughts uh, when you found out they had left? Yeah, I think the initial thoughts, James, are it, it's a bit raw at the time when something like that happens. You feel that everything's going well at the club um, and the last thing you need is for your manager to be poached by a higher division club. Um, Ryan Lowe, former Wednesday striker, of course, and... Um, did a fantastic job at Argyle. There's no two ways about it. He he took over after they were relegated from League One. It was a really bad relegation as well. They they slipped into the bottom four on the last day of the season, pretty much. Yeah. And um, he had a big rebuilding job to do. And first season in charge, and he got them promoted back up into League One. It was the COVID shortage shortened seasons. So they went up, the points became basis. And I know there was all sorts of debate around football about whether that was right or wrong. But um, Argyle ended up being promoted back into League One. So that was the first tick in the box, get them back up. Second season, they did pretty well last season for most of the season. And they had a poor run towards the end, which we can talk about later. And then this season, you know, he got them to the top of League One. And it was probably inevitable at some stage that a higher division club would come in for somebody like Ryan Lowe, a young, ambitious manager um, who um, believes in his abilities as a manager. So, I, I, you know, it was going to happen sooner or later that he would leave. It was probably a little bit earlier than I expected and certainly Argyle expected, but um, his family are from Merseyside. Um so the chance to take over at Preston in the championship, higher division, closer to home, um, it, it probably ticked all the boxes for him. So yeah, it was it was not great for Argyle, but uh, in, in credit to them, um, they reacted very quickly. His assistant, Stephen Schumacher, who was with him at Berry and then also at Argyle, um, 
they've always rated Stephen Schumacher um, and they were very much a team, him and Ryan Lowe. I think Ryan might have thought that Stephen would follow him to Preston, yeah. but Argyle nicked in quickly and they said to him, look, we want you to be our manager. They gave him a three and a half year contract now for a 37 year old who's never been a manager before. That's quite an enticing prospect, isn't it? Yeah, of course, um, yeah. And, and so pretty much... As, as soon as Ryan Lowe left, Argyle appointed Stephen Schumacher. So there was none of that sort of two, three, four weeks where you're in limbo with no manager and caretaker managers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Ryan Lowe left and on the same day Stephen Schumacher came in and by and large it's gone really well. Five games so far, three wins, one draw and one defeat. That was a 2-1 defeat at Sunderland and I think as you Wednesday fans will will know that Sunderland are, are pretty strong at the stadium of light at the moment. So for Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll not talk about that. We'll just no. we'll just gloss over that if you we'll if you can. We'll gloss over that, but the point the point being and the point I raise it and I'm sorry for raising it James <laughs> is that Sunderland are a very tough team to beat at the stadium of light. So yeah, one of defeat for five at Sunderland is not not the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just back onto Ryan Lowe then. So, what, what's the the feeling from the fans then towards Ryan Lowe? Are they are they just accepting it, or is there a bit of animosity regarding it, or what's what's it like? It hasn't gone down too well, James. To be perfectly honest, you, we, we we're all fans. I'm a Crystal Palace fan, although I cover a Plymouth Argyle. Now you're a fan. You know, when it's your team, you you can take it personally sometimes, can't you? You know, it's your well, it happened to us with, with with Steve Bruce. He he, he yeah. managed for what eighteen games, I think it was, and then off he went to Newcastle. So um, yeah, 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 I know we know exactly what it's it, like. It? Yeah, yeah. If, of course, and it's not it's not good. And you know, it speaks to quite a lot of fans, and they absolutely hate Steve Bruce. Loved him before, yeah. hate him now. But I think that I think a couple of things that that, that aggrieved the Argyle fans were one. Rightly or wrongly, they they feel that Preston aren't that much of a bigger club than Argyle. Now, Preston have been in the championship for for several years, haven't they? Yeah, of course. um, The Argyle fans, if they were on here now, would say, well, Preston aren't any bigger than us. And um, I think they felt that that Ryan Lowe made a couple of comments when he left that, um, you know, when he took over, Argyle lacked an identity and lacked a direction. And uh, I think, you know, Argyle fans would feel that perhaps wasn't correct. so his departure didn't go down well, but any time a manager leaves a club to go to a club at a higher level, the fans that he leaves behind are probably going to be a little bit um, annoyed. And as the Sheffield Wednesday fans will have seen, if they've seen um, Wednesday against Argyle this season, you know, before he left, Ryan Lowe had a really good rapport with with the Argyle fans. Um, when Argyle beat um, Wednesday at home park, you know, Ryan Lowe would often go to the Devonport end, which is where the, the home fans go and we'd get a fist pump at the end of the game. And, you know, it's one of those where you see your manager do a fist pump or you see the player kiss the badge on the shirt and things like that. And you think, oh yeah, they're with us, they're with us, they're with us. Yeah. And then they get a better offer, arguably, and, and they're gone. And then you think, well, hang on a minute, you know, what, what was all that about? So I yeah. think that was the mood of the Argyle fans that, um, uh, it was the FA Cup fourth round draw yesterday and, and Argyle were obviously in it and they've ended up being drawn away to Chelsea. But if Preston had won at Cardiff and Preston had been in the draw and, and everything, I think that would have been um, quite an enticing prospect for a lot of the uh, the Green Army. Yeah, I mean, you've already alluded to it. Obviously, Stephen Schumacher's come in. Uh, well, I said come in, he's just stepped up, basically. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, again, what, what's the... 
what's it been like from the from the fans? Have they accepted that again, or is it a case of thinking we should have perhaps gone for someone else? Um, you know, so, so another perhaps perhaps a bigger name because you've said it's his first managerial job. He's only thirty seven. Um, yeah. yeah. What's um, what what was the reaction to that? Um, I think it all happened so quickly. It was a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, I think Stephen uh, has been widely seen as. Um, being a very important part of the success that Ryan Lowe's had and not mm. diminishing anything that Ryan Lowe did. He did a fantastic job. Um, but Stephen Schumacher was very much his trusted lieutenant, very much involved in the tactics, the, you know, the team selection, everything. He he wasn't one of those number twos that basically doesn't do an awful lot that yeah. you sometimes get. He was very influential in everything that went on. Um, they have the same beliefs. So the Argyle that you see on Saturday at Hillsborough, I think we'll play in a very similar way to the way that you've seen Argyle play this season. Different personalities. Ryan's, um, you know, very good in terms of, um, uh, you know, speaking well. He's good in the media. He's confident. He's um, got very um, big ambitions in the game. Sure, he is probably a little bit more low-key, a little bit more... Uh, doesn't want to be quite much in the attention and I'm not criticising Ryan Lowe for that but you know um, he perhaps would like to keep a little bit more of a low profile um, but but their beliefs are very similar you know Argyle will, will play a 3-5-2 as they have done under Ryan Lowe and one of the benefits bringing in Stephen Schumacher as, as the manager was that, that nothing really much has changed really was, the manager say that, like, normally when a manager yeah. leaves it's because you're not playing very well the manager gets sacked yeah. you know very rarely does yeah. a manager leave um that's in a job i know Darren Moore when he took over at Sheffield Wednesday he was at, he was at Doncaster so the same situation happened there but it is quite rare yeah. and it's so i suppose from that point of view to promote someone from within makes perfect sense because you weren't doing bad. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it slipped a few, a few places in the in the league at the time, but you were still up there, weren't you? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the beauty of, of promoting within is that the players know Stephen Schumacher. He knows the players. He understands the, the, the what the club's about. Um, there's been no change of backroom staff. Ryan Lowe's left, but everything else has stayed the same. Uh, in fact, Stephen Schumacher's brought in a couple of extra members of staff just to give them a bit, a, a bit of help behind the scenes. But yeah, obviously when you lose a manager, it's it's a big cog in the wheel, but he's the only one. You know, how often does a manager leave to go to a bigger club or to a better job or however you want to describe it? But then he takes all the backroom staff as well. And then yeah. you're left with like the under 18s manager <laughs> in charge for, for, for three or four weeks. Yeah. None of that happened to Argyle. Ryan Lowe left, everyone else has stayed there. And so it really was a, a, a speedy and smooth transition. And yeah, you know, at the start, it was a little bit difficult. His first couple of games were away to Milton Keynes, Dons and away to Sunderland, which at any time of the season in League One are, are two difficult games. They drew at Milton Keynes. They lost to Sunderland. But as I say, I don't think losing to Sunderland at the Stadium of Light is anything to be, you know, ashamed about. And then they've gone and won their next three games, two in the league, and one in the FA Cup. So yes, they've they've dropped down in the league a little bit, but um, as maybe we can discuss in a minute, you know, for Argyle to be sixth in League One, just past the midway point of the season, they're, they're delighted with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I will come on to that later, but I might as well talk about it now. I mean, what you know, you just said that there, six in the six in the league, other just past the halfway stage in the season. Um, 
are fans pretty pleased with uh, with where you are? Or is it you know? I, I know you were, you, you were top for quite a lot of the you know the early part of the season, and like I said there has been that little bit of a dip in dip in form. Um, has, has like expectations changed from from the start of the season? Yeah, I think you know they had a poor end to last season, James. Uh, and at the start of the season, I think if you'd offered Argyle fans a sort of mid-table position, they'd have been delighted at that because they, they would have seen that as progression from finishing 18th last season. So anything around mid-table, they would have been um, very pleased with. They made a great start to the season. Uh, they lost at Rotherham on the first day of the season, and you thought, oh, you know, this is is this a continuation from last term? And then they went on a 16-game unbeaten league run and. As, as I've said to a few people, you know, if you can go unbeaten in 16 games in a competitive division like League One, you're doing well, aren't you? You know, that's it's not an easy division to to put on an unbeaten run together like that. It came to an end when they lost at Charlton. Um, Charlton uh, were were playing well at the time under Johnny Jackson, caretaker manager. Their players were were well fired up to um, try and perform for him. And then they lost at home to Wickham, Wickham and Wigan two of the top teams in the division. And then they had Melton Keynes and Sunderland. So, yes, they've dropped down the table, but that, that period of games was, you know, they've, they've played Charlton, Milton Keynes, Sunderland, Wickham, Wigan. It's not an easy run of fixtures. And um, they've managed to get through that still in the playoff places. So I think, you know, going into the last, you know, 22 league games as it is for Argyle, they're in, they're in a decent position. Um you look at League One, and I'm sure you have plenty of people tell you this, James, but there's some massive clubs in League One, Sheffield Wednesday yeah. and Sunderland being the two obvious examples. But, you know, you look at Ipswich, Charlton, Portsmouth, we're going to have rebounded this season, haven't they? You know, yeah. Bolton. Um, it's not one, only the big clubs as well. It's like, you know, the likes of Rotherham, which by and large are a League One side. You know, they go up to the Championship, come back down again, and they don't really change much. And, and every season they seem to go, go back up because, you know, they... They know they yeah. know this division inside out. Wickham again, they're yeah. they're obviously doing well this this season. Yeah, it's uh, so eight, eight or ten teams before you've even thought about Plymouth Argyle. So for the fact for that they're sixth at the moment, and you know I think when you get to this stage of the season, James, I think early in the season people maybe thought oh Argyle might be a little bit of a fluke. They're a little bit overachieving, but I think once you've played twenty four games in League One. I think where you are in the table is a pretty good guide. You've played everyone in the division. Yeah. It's a pretty good guide of where you're at now. That doesn't mean to say they're going to finish sixth at the end of the season. They might be higher, they might be lower. But I think uh, if if anyone thought Argyle were a little bit, or a bit of a surprise, a bit of a flash in the pan, are they overachieving? Um, yeah, I think they've they've done enough to show that they deserve to be you know up and around that that top half of the table. Yeah, I mean, just moving on to more recent form. Obviously, up until uh, this this recent weekend, you know, they'd not played since Boxing Day. Obviously, twenty days yeah. we are a game. Now, was that down to the opponents calling games off, or was that down to yourselves? No, it, it was COVID cases at Argyle. They've done they've done really well all season. There, there haven't been any positive cases at all, and they were, you know, sailing along quite nicely up until Boxing Day. They went to Cheltenham Town there, one two nil. And then the following day, there was a positive case. And then I think um, Stephen Schumacher described it as a considerable number after that. So they should have been at home to Portsmouth and at home to uh, AFC Wimbledon immediately after Christmas. Both of those games were called off because of players self-isolating. And so they didn't play for 13 days until they went to to Birmingham City on Saturday in the FA Cup. And uh, they ended up winning that one 1-0 after extra time. 
So um, it was a good bounce back from after 13 days off. And uh, but this will be their first game against Wednesday since since Boxing Day. So uh, lots of teams have played since then, but that's the way of the world. Um, and in League One this season, you know the the fixtures have been all over the place, haven't they? But uh, it seems, apart from Wigan, most teams are around about the 24-game mark now, aren't they? So, uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully things will settle down on the COVID front and we can get a clear run, clear-ish run between now and the end of the season uh, and see where everyone ends up. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they played against Birmingham at the weekend. Did had had it that, that layoff kind of affected the team at all? And you know, the only reason why I say that is obviously we had that a similar period of time uh, away, and we're we're absolutely awful against Sunderland yes. and awful against uh, Shrewsbury as well. And you know, quite a, you know section of the fans citing that it could you know we, nothing was released as to who was uh, involved and who did test the positive or anything like that. But they'd not trained for uh, for quite some time as well. Um, like I said, they come back and it was. Yeah, quite rubbish. Basically, uh, had that kind of affected Plymouth at all from what from what you could have seen, or was the was the standards? I mean, I know you I know you won the game, but was the standards you know the same as what they'd been before? Yeah, I mean, I, I was quite pleasantly surprised to be honest, James, because as I say, Stephen Schumacher said, um, you know, he didn't go into who and, and why and what, but yeah. he said a considerable number of players had tested positive. Um, and then they went to Birmingham and they had three players missing because of further COVID um, cases. And I did wonder, you know, having been off for 13 days, if it would impact the performance. Um, But I don't think it did. And they went to extra time. Um, So it's one of those, you know, would they have been rusty or would they have been fresh by not playing for 13 days and get through extra time? But they they, they played really well against Birmingham, I, I think, even a, a Birmingham fan would admit that Argyle should have won it in the 90 minutes. He went to extra time. Um, Argyle had 22 goal attempts during the course of the 120 minutes. Only yeah. six of them on target, and that was that was the problem. They should have won the game in 90 minutes. Uh, they didn't because they didn't capitalise on their chances. But in the end, they came up with uh, with a goal in extra time. They finished the game strongly. Yes, um, Birmingham did have a player sent off midway through the second half. But Argyle were the better team beforehand, and they were the better team after. And uh, when Lee Bowyer came and saw the uh, the written press after the game, he, he didn't have any complaints at all. He he was um, um, accepting that the, the better team had won. And um, yeah, to be off for 13 days, to go to a championship club, albeit one that's you know not having the best of runs, and to go there and win was fantastic. Um, Argyle took um, near enough 3,000 fans uh, to St Andrews, which was fantastic. You know, it was only a, a 9,800 crowd. It almost felt like a home game um, <laughs> in terms of the support. And um, yeah, it was a great day. And then to cap it all off, they've been drawn away to, to Chelsea. We were talking about that before we started recording, James, because I know you know Wednesday have uh, been to been to Chelsea, and it's it's a great day out for them to look forward to. No pressure on them. And I think it should do their um, their league form good because it's four weeks away. Every single player in the Argyle squad is going to be desperate to play in that game at Stamford Bridge. And so the competition for places is only going to ratchet up because, you know, when you play for Argyle now, you are going to be thinking, you know, it's not going to be front and centre in your mind, but surely in the back of your mind as yeah, a professional, you're going to be thinking, I need to play well if I want to play in that game. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? 
are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Obviously, you know, we've already spoke about it. You know, we've played each other three times already this season. I mean, we've said on the podcast quite a few times that you know Plymouth were probably the best side that we'd played. Um, obviously, you beat us 3-0 twice uh, and then you know, we drew at, drew at Hillsborough. Um, you know, obviously... Your, you know, the Plymouth Argyle and the fans, you know, the team and the fans alike must be going into the game with some confidence, you know, when you've, you know, played three times already and not lost and, and, and won in quite convincing fashion. Um, would, you, would you say that's the case? Yeah, they've got nothing to fear, have they? Um, but um, I think there's plenty of examples in League One to, to look at games and if you get uh, overconfident or you assume that something's going to happen, the opposite happens. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic record Argyle have got against Sheffield Wednesday this season, but I'm sure if you had Stephen Schumacher sat talking to you now or or the players, you know, that you look at the Wednesday players and I know it's not going brilliantly, but on paper, there's some really quality players there. Now, I don't know, you know far better than me the ins and outs of what's happened and what's gone right and wrong this season. But I think you'd be a very foolish League One team to go to Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough and think, well, OK, we had a couple of good results against them. This will just be a case of us turning up and winning. Um, there's some quality players at Wednesday. And again, going back to that professional footballer's mentality, those Sheffield Wednesday players are not going to want to be beaten by Argyle again. There's no way they... The, 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 because although this is the fourth meeting, as we've touched on, James, it's all happened in the space of three months. There will be a, yeah. a familiarity. Um, Argyle's team might be a little bit different, but it'll be similar to what you've seen from them this season. It'll be a similar formation. It'll be a similar style. I suspect that Wednesday aren't going to be massively different from what Argyle have seen. So, you know... It'll be fascinating to see how it works out. But, you know, Argyle are on a good run of form. Um, three wins in a row, three clean sheets. Um, I hope they're not um, overconfident. I hope they're not going to take the eye off the ball because if they do, they will come unstuck. But if they play the way they've done in recent games, you know, there's no reason why they can't go to Hillsborough and put in a very strong performance again. I mean, I'm just looking at you know players to watch and and things like that. I mean, admittedly, I've not watched any of Plymouth other than the three the three meetings so far this season. But you've got Kamara who's pitched in with you know three goals and and four yeah. assists from midfield. You've got Hardy who's scored nine goals. He's already beaten his tally from uh, from last season. Yeah. Uh, and you've got you know Dan Scar at the at the heart of the defence. He's been I think he's been an ever present and he so far this uh, this season. I mean, would would you say that those three are like the Argyles? players to watch yeah um, they've got a good strong spine to the team which I think is important for for every successful side isn't it Michael Cooper the goalkeeper he's only 22 he's been an ever present in League One since the start of last season it's very oh, okay. rare for a goalkeeper of that age to be 
playing regularly. So he's played for basically a season and a half non-stop, the club rating very highly. Uh, and I think that he will go on and play at least in the championship. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to play in the Premier League as well. He's that good a keeper. Very impressed with him. So he gives you that foundation between the posts. Dan Scar, as you rightly say, James, is um, is one of those defenders you need in League One, heads it and kicks it. Not particularly fancy, but when the ball, when a corner comes into your box, more often than not, he's going to head it away. You know, we say that about when, Shea Dunkley as well. He's he's very much in that same mould. And Shea Dunkley was always a good player. I liked him at Oxford United. Always, a, you know, a very similar player. If there's a shot from the edge of the box, Dan Scar will close it down and block it. That's what you yeah. want from your centre backs, isn't it? So he gives you that. You mentioned Panuche Kamara. Unfortunately for Argyle, he's away at the Africa Cup of Nations. Okay. He's been called up by Guinea-Bissau. Um, so uh, he's missing uh, three, four games, depending on on how they do in that tournament. So that's a, that's a that's a miss for them, you know, because he's been a, a good player for them, gives them a lot of energy. So um, probably be Danny Mayer, ex-Wednesday, and, and Ryan Broom in central midfield, I would imagine. Um, but again, that's, that's quite a solid unit. And then you touched upon Ryan Hardy. The goals have dried up for him a bit recently, but 12 for the season... Um, he's one of those strikers that um, will run in behind defenders, run the channels, use his pace, uh, pace to get in behind the defence. And he's had a good season. So you have those players through the spine of the team. And that's one of the reasons, I think, why they've um, they've had a bit of a success this season. I mean, I was looking at like minutes played and stuff, and it looks like that you've... Plymouth have played pretty much a settled side for, yeah. for much of the season. I think there's only 13 players that have, that have played more than... 10 games this season so uh, and I think just looking as well I think they were uh, you've only used 21 players throughout the whole of the season in League 1 just in comparison we've used 27 uh, we yeah. you know chop and change our you know, starting lineup seemingly every, well it's two or three changes every single week I know that's been down to quite a lot of injuries and, and, and what have you but still there's, there's been a lot of a lot of changes would you say that's been part and parcel of you know the success of, of Plymouth has been keeping that settled side I bet, I bet you can pretty much predict the, the lineup every single week can't you? Yeah, you pretty much can and, and, and sometimes there's a drawback to having a big squad because sometimes you know when things especially when things aren't going quite as well as you'd like the temptation for a manager must be well I've got all these players I might as well try and use them and keep trying to find that that settled formation that Your best settled 11 formation. yeah trying to find it and you find it whereas Ryan Lowe and now Stephen Schumacher they haven't got the biggest of squads at Argyle um, they've probably got a core group of 16 to 18 senior players and then say three or four young players that will be on the bench and might get the odd game now and then um, so when you've got that you have less options um, and then when obviously things are going reasonably well then you tend to stick with a with a settled side so it's nice to have you know a, a big squad because it gives you that cover and reassurance but sometimes it, it can probably cause you more complications than it actually solves sometimes yeah well saying that you know the amount of players we've got we've still got no defenders so due, due to injuries <laughs> so it's not it's not being helping us in that uh, in no, that regard I, well, I think one of the games I've played against Wednesday I think you just had Dunkley and a few midfielders and, and things like that so it's yeah I mean that's that's the way it works sometimes when we, we all know as football fans that when things are going well, everything sort of ticks along, doesn't it? And when yeah. things are not quite slotting, you always get that injury that you, you know, oh, I don't want that player injured or we don't want that player suspended. And it just all those things just add up and it just 
stops you getting that progress that you want, you know, to see from your team. Of course. I mean, you, you mentioned that, you know, you play a 3 5 2. Uh, I mean, what, how would you describe like the style of play? Is it is it attacking? Is it, you know, mm. play out from the back? What, how would you describe it? Uh, both they, they 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 play out for the back generally. Um, Ryan Lowe was a very much an advocate of attacking football. Um, he would say playing through the thirds, out of defence from the goalkeeper, play through the thirds, um, and um, you know create chances. And they've, they've done a pretty good job of that this season. Um, so they, they can go long sometimes. You know, as I said to you, Ryan Hardy's got plenty of pace up front. So you can play the ball in behind for him to run onto. They've had Jordan Garrick, who scored two of the goals in the FA Cup replay at Home Park. Again, another very pacey, quick player. They were both um, up front against Birmingham in the FA Cup on Saturday. So if they need to, if they're coming under pressure at Hillsborough, the option is always to sort of, you know, look to play the ball into a channel for Hardy or, or Garrick to run onto. But... Um, as I, as I said to you earlier, you know Stephen Schumacher's approach, his philosophy is very similar to Ryan Lowe's. So the way Argyle have played uh, and the way that the players understand how to play will be the same. And so they will try and play out from the back. They'll try and play through the thirds, and they'll look to create chances for probably two, you know, fairly pacey strikers up front. Um, uh, I think we're we're far enough into the season now that the most clubs pretty much know what to expect from Argyle. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're now in the obviously January transfer window. Um, we've had no one come in yet. We've had one player leave. Corbiano was uh, loans being terminated, yeah. and he's gone back to well, gone back to Wolves, but he's gone straight back to straight to MK Dons. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's no, we've got no one in terms of uh, of coming in. But have have Plymouth had any new additions in this window so far? That they've signed one lad um, called Alfie Lewis, who's a midfield player. Um, he's he was playing in the League of Ireland last season for St Patrick Athletic. Um, Never heard he's of actually, him. <laughs> no, he's, he's actually a Londoner. Um, he was at West Ham as a, a for, for a lot of his career. Never broke through into the first team. Um, was pretty much an ever present for them in the EFL Trophy, the Papa John's Trophy, whatever. Yeah, uh, that was where he got experience with them. He was loaned out to St Patrick's, who are uh, based in Dublin. Uh, they finished second in the League of Ireland last season. They won the the League of Ireland Cup final in November. Their season runs during the calendar year, so their season actually ended fairly recently. Okay. Um, and he was out of contracts, and um, Argyle had been keen to sign him in the summer, and they renewed their interest again when the, the season ended. He's, he's joined. He's So because the season ended at the start of December, he's not played for about a month. Yeah. He came on as a sub right at the end of the FA Cup game, uh, against Birmingham, he's 22, so I think it will take him time to to settle in. So yes, they've made a signing, but no, I don't think he's somebody that's going to make a, an immediate impact for them. Um, I think the two two bits of business that the Argyle fans would like to see Argyle do are to sign Ryan Broom and Jordan Garrick on permanent deals. They're both on loan. Uh, Ryan Broom from Peterborough, creative midfield player, done very well for them, scored a couple of goals. Garrick, I touched upon earlier, um, on loan from Swansea. They're both season-long loans, but I think if, if Argyle could try and strike a deal for, for both of them in January, that would be excellent business. And with them reaching the fourth round of the FA Cup and having this game against Chelsea coming up, that's going to 
provide a little bit of um, unexpected revenue for them that they maybe can use to try and sign Broom and Garrick. So if they could add at least one of those two players and preferably both to the squad in January on a permanent basis, that would probably represent a good transfer window without any other business being done. Yeah. Now, before I nail you to a, a score prediction, I mean, you've, you've already mentioned that Kamara will be missing because he's on international duties. Have you had, got any injury concerns ahead of uh, Saturday's game at all? Yeah, I mean, I think like everybody, COVID sort of causes an, is it an issue at the moment. You're never quite sure what sort of team you're going to get. Argyle had uh, three players out um, on um, Saturday against Birmingham because of COVID. Um, and they had a few players out injured. Uh, James Wilson, a defender, was one. Kieran Agard, a striker, was another. Um, they both missed the game because of, um, of injuries. Ryan Hardy came off in the second half because of a shoulder problem. But I wouldn't have thought that would be an issue in terms of um, you know playing against Sheffield Wednesday. Those so players you mentioned are they are they first team players as well? Yeah, and Wilson's Wilson's been ever present in defence. Um, so without him playing against Birmingham, they had a guy called James Bolton who made his debut. He signed from Portsmouth in the summer and it suffered an ankle injury in one of the very first pre-season training sessions and hadn't <laughs> kicked a ball for them since. He came into the side against Birmingham and did fantastically well. Um, but James Wilson's been ever present, and if he recovers from a back problem, I'm sure he'll come back into the side. Um, so um, it, it will be a similar team to the one against Birmingham. I, I don't think any of the injuries are particularly long term. If they can get the COVID cases back as well, which by the sounds of it, and isolation and all that sort of stuff, they should do. They, they, they shouldn't be a million miles away from being, you know, pretty much a full squad. Um, Brendan Galloway, defender, is out long term with a knee injury. He's a big miss for them, but. Um, they're going to have most of the squad available on Saturday, I think. Um, but we're obviously a few days away from the game as we speak, so um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I wish I wish we could say exactly the same, but alas, we we can't. Which has been uh, the same story for for much of the season. Now, yeah, I said it. Let's um, let's nail you to a score prediction then. So, like I said, you've not. I think we've not beat you in the last five meetings. Obviously, three of them have came this season. Um, yeah. What are you what are you thinking? What I'm thinking is I would take bite your hand off for a one-one draw. I think um, law of averages. Can, can you keep beating the same team? You know, could you beat a team four times? Oh, not it wouldn't be four times, would it? Because obviously there was the FA Cup game was was a, was a draw, wasn't it? But um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be happy with a draw. I think uh, I think I've got a capable of winning there. They're, they're not going to be afraid of going to Hillsborough because you know they've had a good record against Wednesday, haven't they? Um, yeah. But I, I would respect Wednesday. You know, I, I've come across Darren Moore a few times in my career reporting on Argyle. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's probably a, a difficult job he's got at the moment, but he's a very decent bloke. He's got great principles. And I, I think Wednesday have got a good manager. It's easy for me to say, I understand that. But um, I think he, he, he is a manager to be respected. And I think he will have his team well motivated against Argyle and know what they're going to face when, when Argyle come there. And I think if Argyle play really well, they can win it. Um, but if you can, um, 2-2 would be a good shout. 
Yeah, the only thing I would say is that I think I think it's a bit, a bit of pressure on uh, on Darren Moore at the moment, especially after those two yeah. those two defeats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's quite a lot of people have been saying it's a well, us included. It's it's yeah. almost like a must win game for yeah. For, and, for Darren. I, understand, I understand that, James. I mean, you know, I'm not looking at it from the same angle that uh, <laughs> a Wednesday I would. Um, but what I, I suppose what I'm saying is that I, in the dealings I've had with Darren, he yeah. is. He's a decent guy and he's got a track record which shows that he has been a successful manager in the past. So I don't think you become a bad manager overnight. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs of what have happened on Wednesday, but as 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 the opposition journalist looking at, at the team we're playing against this week, Wednesday on paper have got some good players. Of course. I think they've got a good manager. So I would respect them for that. And if Argyle um, can go there and... If, if Plymouth Argyle can go to Hillsborough and get a draw in the league, that's never going to be a bad result for them. Um, and that's maybe one of the problems that, that Wednesday have is that people are always going to raise their game. They're going to be, you know, fired up for playing there. And, and it, it's great to be, you know, have the stadium and the fan base and the tradition, but the opposition feed off that as well. And, um, and yeah, if you go one, if you, it, that must make it difficult. Yeah. If, if Plymouth go one up, um, Get Absolutely, ready! Yeah. Get, get ready! It could be uh, it could be pretty yeah. hostile uh, yeah. at Hillsborough on Saturday. So I, I, I've been there a few times, James. I mean, again, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to sort of sound as though uh, I'm being funny, but the, the atmosphere at Sheffield Wednesday is always fantastic when the teams come out, the noise, the setting. I mean, it's going to inspire the opposition players. Um, yeah, there's no doubt about it at all. You know, we, I'm sure I'll speak to an Argyle player or two on Thursday, and. And and I'm really, really looking forward to playing at that stadium in front of that crowd. And um, yeah, it's it's it, it's great for Argyle. And when it's going for well for Wednesday, it must be brilliant. But I understand that you it's know, not been going well for a while. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I completely completely get that. I mean, Paul was a, was a manager that I worked very closely with at Argyle over the years. Yeah. Um, and I followed his career when he left Argyle. He obviously ended up at Sheffield Wednesday. He had his 50th birthday party in one of the hospitality suites up, up at Hillsborough. And he kindly invited me and my wife and came along. And, uh, Fantastic. You know, I've always kept, you know, you, you, you can't help but sort of notice what Sheffield Wednesday do. And, um, um, it, you know, I, I I do genuinely wish them well after after Saturday, but it'd be great if Argyle could keep their run going and and at least get a point on the Saturday, preferably three. Of course, of course. Sorry now, about that. Yeah, it's fine. Just before we leave, just a, a shameless plug. Where can we find you and your and all your work? Well, that's very kind of you, James. Um, I work for Plymouth Live. My Twitter is at Chris One. I do do a blog during the course of the game. I'd like to think that it's not too partisan. So if any Sheffield Wednesday fans wanted to, to follow us and uh, to look at um, from an Argyle perspective, but not hopefully what you would think too biased, that's that. Um, we'll have plenty of the, the build up to the game, as you'd expect. Every opposition journalist, I'm sure, will, will tell you. If you go to the live website, we'll have lots of... Um, preview stuff with an Argyle slant of course uh, from the manager and a player or two and um, and then we'll cover the game as well um, and uh, yeah that, that would be that would be good good to have uh, people's company brilliant cheers Chris thanks very much for that it's, uh, it's been a pleasure away 
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.